This episode was made possible by trusted telecoms provider Blackstar Solutions. Find out more at blackstarsolutions.co.uk. Runways, accelerators and unicorns might all sound like things you'd expect to feature in a new Netflix sci-fi. But in the fast-paced world of tech startups, they make up part of a whole vocabulary that didn't exist just a few years ago. During the last decade, we've been experiencing a global tech boom, but more than a third of Europe's fastest-growing tech companies are based in Britain. And right here, punching above its weight, in what some have labelled Silicon Gorge, our southwest corner, and at its heart, Bristol. From TEDx Bristol, this is Reflect, Rethink, Reboot. A podcast about not just surviving, but thriving in uncertain times. It was basically me and my app, and now we have a small team. And doing that in a year and realising, actually, when I go into work now, we have, it's a we and not an I. That's a really big thing. And, And this community in Bristol is so open that it's a really exciting thing to be part of. What is it that gives this region the edge? And how have we been able to create so many game-changing tech startups? But also, what sort of startups thrive here? And how can we lead the way in tackling some of the less impressive headlines that surround this dynamic industry? I'm Sarah Keats. I've been around the Bristol tech scene now for a few years, launching events like the VR World Congress, and I'm currently working with the TechSpark team on events, including the region's biggest tech awards, the Sparkies. I've witnessed the pace, the innovation and determination of founders here that I think helped create a different breed of startup. So in this podcast, I wanted to go on a voyage of discovery to find out what makes Bristol's tech scene great and what sets apart the startups here. I'll meet some of the founders and those at the leading edge of the tech scene who are helping to put the region well and truly on the world stage. I'll meet Stephanie Campbell to find out what it's like to be a female founder of an early stage startup in Bristol. For, for every pound that's spent, 90p goes to an all-male technology team. And so my team is mixed, and, and actually I can't imagine it any other way. And I get to try out some seriously impressive and seriously fun technology that could change the way we interact with things in the not-too-distant future. So while I'm looking, I've got like a gentle hum of what feels like the handle of a magnifying glass, and then all sorts of crazy sensations happen on my hand. A bit like lightning. There we go. <laughs> I'm starting off my metaphorical journey here at Bristol Temple Meads train station, the world's oldest surviving railway terminus and one of the wonders of the Victorian age. Back when it opened in 1840 and right through into the 20th century, this whole area was the heart of Bristol's industrial revolution. There'd be people making their way out of the city, bound for the likes of Bath, London and Birmingham, whilst barges took their goods from factories and ships on the floating harbour before cranes hoisted them onto connecting trains for their onward journeys. The coaches and horses, barges and steam trains have long gone, but Brunel's original station, with its Gothic mock Tudor stonework, is still the hub of a Bristol Industrial Revolution, albeit a more high-tech version. Nowadays, we have the old terminal and its new guise as engine shed, a hub for plenty of small businesses in the tech scene, and it's home to us at TechSpark, and also to Set Squared, one of our region's most exciting startup incubators. Okay, so I'm about to go into the hallowed space of Set Squared. 
Hi Monica, I'm Hi, Sarah. Sarah. Nice to meet you. I've never actually been up here before, so it'd be really nice to have a little look around and see what you guys are up to. Yeah, Incubators sure. like this one are where startups come to grow, nurturing them with hands-on support to help them get their product to market, secure funding and scale. Monica Radcliffe Welcome. is the centre director. So this is the Set Square Incubator. Okay. We are University of Bristol-led centre that supports uh, technology entrepreneurs. Yeah. So we're currently walking down a long corridor with some desk space outside and we can kind of sneak a little peek at some different rooms of diff- differing sizes. So how many companies are based here at the moment? So here on the floor we have only about 20 businesses. Okay. I say only because as, as incubator we support about 80 um, based in robotics labs or future space uh, or one way east uh, but they still join us as virtual members so they can still come and use this space but not actually be based in the office. Being a hub for so many dynamic young businesses means that there's no dull day around here. Monica told me that every day there's news of one of them winning a new award or securing more funding. In 2018, the businesses here managed to collectively secure £2 million in funding. And a lot of that goes back into the local economy by helping to create more jobs. And what about when it comes to actually making money? Collectively, they generated £42 million of revenue, which is amazing because most people think that startups don't make any money. It's about raising money, not making money. But it's not just about profit. Also, we pride ourselves on on diversity. So we we focus a lot on uh, both gender and minority ethnic diversity. Um, And I think that's for us, is is a great achievement of actually having a truly diverse incubator. The World Economic Forum estimates that it will take 217 years for the gender pay gap to close. My name is Zara Nanu. I'm the CEO and one of the founders of a company called GapSquare, uh, and we're using technology and data to help create a future of fair pay. That's a clip there of Zara Nanu's talk about the gender pay gap at TEDx University of Bristol in 2018. Zara's company GapSquare is one of the startups to have benefited from the support of SetSquared over the last few years. But at its heart, it's her personal mission to create a better world without pay inequality. So I think the fact that Bristol is so ethically focused and ethically minded, it made such an absolute sense to set up a company that looks at making the world a better place. It fits perfectly in the city. Um, And also the community spirit around Bristol meant that I could actually quite quickly learn from others and start building my business because my background is not technology. I come from a background of political science and the tech sector have embraced us and our idea and have helped us raise up to the challenge. And that's what's been great. I think it would have been, it might have been more difficult to set up a company like this somewhere else. Are there certain types of startup that do well in Bristol, do you think? I think overall startups are doing well in Bristol, even regardless of kind because of the community spirit and because of the tech cluster being so unified and so together and you get companies like TechSpark and you get EngineShed and SetSquared all kind of working together to help those companies raise up and become what they could actually be. I think there's a lot more startups, particularly in the tech scene, that are more ethically focused and more focused at helping build the world into a better place than it currently is and looking at the environment, looking at pay, looking at health and other issues that can actually better society and us as humankind. Okay, so it seems like there's something in the water here in Bristol when it comes to our tech scene. 
Not only is it encouraging innovation, but it's also giving founders and entrepreneurs that all-important part of the puzzle, opportunity. My name is Stephanie Campbell. I'm the founder of Oco Health. We develop smartphone software so that people who have eye problems can monitor their own vision at home and not have to go into hospital so much. Oco Health is one early stage startup, still in its first few months, and what they're aiming to do could be life-changing for people all around the world. Originally, when we had the idea a few years ago, we realised that it was possible to measure vision on a mobile device like a tablet or a smartphone. And the reason it came about was because one of my patients, a little boy called James, who's about seven years old at the time, nicked my iPad off the shelf when I wasn't looking. Uh, he really didn't want to have his eyes tested and he had found a much fun way of doing it. And, and actually I thought, well, yeah, that, that makes sense, James. If I could test your eyes in that way, that would be much more entertaining. But more importantly, actually, it's, we realised it was possible to, to measure vision away from the clinic and in particular fit with other systems. So it should be able to plug into the hospital to your general record. It should be able to talk to your GP or your optician whenever you need it to do that. And for Steph, launching Oco in this vibrant scene in Bristol, again, all comes down to the people and the talent here. I think there is a Bristol mindset for startups, and I think that is distinct in some ways from other cities. There is a real community in Bristol. We sort of say it's like a really big village and it's not really a city, and that absolutely goes in the startup world. The other influence to that is the engineering background, I think, that Bristol has. And I believe that what that means in Bristol, in terms of a science and technology perspective, is that we take things a little bit more slowly in Bristol and we try to do them right. Bristol is a really good place for that rigorous engineering approach to make sure that, that what we do launch does hopefully work the first time. So for me, that's the thing about Bristol. Strong science, a bit of rebelliousness and a bit of disruption as well. It's a Wednesday morning in early June, and we're on Bristol's iconic harbour side. This whole area, which was once the heart of Bristol's international trade, is today a focal point for technology, as the great and good from the tech world descend on the city for the Tech Fusion Expo. Entrepreneurs and innovators are here to share ideas and showcase exciting new ways in which technology is revolutionising business and our everyday lives. Uh, we have Monica here, the fairy godmother board of the Bristol startup scene from Tech Squared. Uh, we've got Stephanie, Dr. Doolittle Digital. Uh, we've got Jason. Stephanie uh, Campbell and Monica Radcliffe are here. They're two of those representing Bristol's tech scene for a special panel discussion to dive into the trends we're seeing in the tech world and find out what makes Bristol such a special place. Here's Monica Radcliffe from Set Squared. We all like to play with new gadgets, but I think my vision of the future is focused more on how the technologies will affect our lives personally. Because if you think about your, your jobs, your roles, your businesses, there is definitely a proportion of your uh, role that could be fully automated. And, and add to that, for example, the time you spend commuting. And imagine 10 years, 20 years, who knows, when we have self-driving cars, you will have that time back. Uh, so actually the future, the way how I see it, is that technology will enable us to claim more time back. And then what do we do with it? Uh, do we just spend more time working? And in order to get to that stage, Monica thinks AI has a big part to play. And even right now, people underestimate how much they're engaging with it. Whenever, for example, a website asks you to identify which one of those pictures is a picture of a bus, you're actually helping to train AI 
system. Or, or you know, in some of the cases when you engage with uh, customer service and you ask a question and you sort of get automated responses and you're speaking with a chatbot, so that's also AI. The, the technology is, is everywhere now and we engage with it on a daily basis. And no surprise then that Monica is seeing a lot more companies coming through who are working on new applications for AI. We certainly see a lot of very interesting companies working in that space, automating various different services that were previously delivered by people. So, you know, in legal sector, in recruitment uh, spe- specifically. Um, and we do have companies that are developing solutions in that space. So what other kinds of tech startup is Monica seeing more of in Bristol and beyond? Cyber is a, is a very fascinating one, but I'm sure Jason will talk more about it. But also health tech. Uh, we see so much emerging in that space in, in two different areas. So there's lots of really interesting medical innovations. So the way how uh, we can help NHS and health system work better, but also self-manage and prevent various different conditions. My name is Jason Hart, born and bred in Bristol, and I'm one of the world's leading visionaries in the world of cybersecurity. Jason Hart is another local entrepreneur representing Bristol on the world stage. And for him, it all started way before Bristol's tech boom, fixing and selling old TVs out of the estate he grew up on in Lawrence Weston. I grew up on a, a council estate called uh, Lawrence Weston, pretty well known in Bristol. Um, at a very young age, um, I was very interested in, in technology. Um, my dad quite often on a Sunday or Saturday would go to the local tip and we would come home with more than we actually went with. And my dad converted the, the outside toilet into a small little workshop for me and I used to play around trying to fix TVs and electrocute myself and you know blow all the fuses in the house because you know we had very little money I would try fixing the TVs and then once I would fix the TV I would actually sell sell the TV and start making money. After that entrepreneurial start Jason went on to become an ethical hacker building a string of computing and tech businesses. He's now one of the world's leading authorities on cyber and information security. My first business was a company called uh, Custom Computers. Um, it became quite big quite quickly, uh, and then I was fortunate to, to sell that. And then I founded a company called White Hat, which became one of the world's first ethical hacking companies. And, and the, the main, the real gem was, and you know, the first two companies was learning. I had no clue about doing business, uh, commercial models. It was all very, very, very new to me. But the, the kind of the pinnacle was a company called CryptoCard, uh, in fact, it's, uh, it's the most advanced and most used cloud-based authentication platform in the world. Uh, that all started out of Bristol. For me, within Bristol, there is a lot of, you know, edge cities, you know, take Lance Western, take Knoll West, take Southmead. You know, these are areas with huge potential talent. And we need to try and find a way of embracing the talent that's there who may not get the the initial visibility and give them the opportunity and give them the opportunity to get into an industry which they will thrive in because one you know they have a background and a culture which has huge benefits and assets for any organization but give them that opportunity which they may not actually realize that the opportunity is there for them bristol is diverse has a huge amount of talent resource but those individuals don't even know they have that talent. We need to give people the support and visibility that there is a platform in Bristol that they can take a crazy idea and you know, become world leading. You know, when I first started my business, White Hat, everyone thought I was crazy, but it's that craziness 
that actually can lead to something. So by having a platform in Bristol that can embrace that has many possibilities. This episode is supported by Blackstar Solutions, a proud partner of TEDx Bristol 2019. Whether your business is looking for cloud telephony, connectivity, or contact center technologies and infrastructure, Blackstar work with the best technology partners to deliver what you need, however bespoke. Blackstar is another Bristol tech success story. Starting out in a windowless office in the center of Bristol, they've grown to 16 employees, turning over 2.1 million in just four years. And for them, being in Bristol gives them access to great people, enthusiasm for tech and fresh ideas, something they want to help nurture for the future, as Elliot Mace explains. We take on apprentices from the local area. We're already on our third one now and the young lad's going to be starting with it very soon. He's one of those young people who's really excited to get a a career in, in technology and we're delighted to be able to give back to the local community in that way as well. For more information on how they can help or to get in touch, visit blackstarsolutions.co.uk. So we're about to go in and visit Ultra Haptics. Ultra Haptics is one of the businesses who came through the Set Squared Incubator and they're one of not only Bristol or the South West, but the UK's, maybe even the world's, most exciting tech companies. And it's been really nice to follow their journey for the past few years. So we've just come into Ultra Haptics customer experience room. It's fantastic. I've just walked in. There's a big hum of machines, lots of screens with what looks like trackpads in front of them. So I'm just going to go up to one now. Okay, so I was just sat in front of a TV screen with a pad that looks very tempting in the middle of a white box. So I'm just going to float my hand across it and see what happens. Oh, I can see my hand on the screen. There's a button that says lights. I'm going to quickly click that. Oh, and hey presto, I've switched on some lights. That's great. And I, it actually, I can actually feel it click. Next to it, which I've accidentally hit, and I don't know if you can hear the music yet, is like a control switch that looks like a slider. And I can actually click up and down between the levels and know which, know which level I'm at. And I think someone's just come into the room. Hi. Hi there. I'm Rob. Bless me. My name is Rob Blinkersop, and I am VP of Engineering here at Ultra Haptics. Ultra Haptics is a spatial interaction company specialising in mid-air haptic feedback. Now, haptic feedback is really creating that sensation of touch. And most people are familiar with this in a basic form. When your phone vibrates, for example, that is in fact haptics. But actually, it can be a lot more complex than that. Okay, so Rob's going to show me one of the experiences here. Now, Rob, what I can see is like a screen with a poster on it. That's correct. This is one of Ultra Haptics' interactive posters. And the whole idea here is we're taking a static or video poster and adding a layer of interactability and feelability to the posters. Amazing. So, okay. this one here is for Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Yeah. And if you stick your hand out, you'll notice that you can grasp visually here a magnifying glass. And as oh, you wow. move your hand around the scene, you should be able to find an element of the, uh, the signage here that's been lit up. And you should get a feelable hint on your hand as you found the correct part. There you go. Oh, oh. wow. Okay, there we go. Yeah. As you found it and uh, revealed and activated <laughs> that, you'll have felt that sensation on your hand, stimulating that lightning that you're also seeing on screen there. <laughs> so while I'm looking, I've got like a gentle hum of what feels like the, the handle of a magnifying glass. And then when I do find something... All sorts of crazy sensations happen on my hand. A bit like lightning. There we go. It's not all just about having fun with VR, though. There's a huge number of ways that their technology can be applied. 
to medicine, industry, and to help make cars of the future safer. One of the more basic use cases is adding feedback to existing gesture interactions, such as uh, those that are already present in certain automotive providers. So using just a gesture with your hands, such as swapping forward or backwards in a track or adjusting a volume control or answering a phone call. Now, these are originally developed to uh, increase attention on the road, but without positive feedback, such as switching between two quiet tracks, you're not quite sure it's happened, um, they found users actually took their eyes away a little bit more. So what we do is add that sense of feedback that you can feel directly on your hand in midair in that space. Ultra Haptics is a genuine Bristol success story, with co-founder Tom Carter developing the technology as a student. As part of his final year project at the University of Bristol, he wanted to see if he could move small objects and create feeling using ultrasound. After developing his discovery more during his PhD, Tom was eventually able to spin out the company from the university, becoming part of the Set Squared Incubator and creating a global business. Rob, who became employee number one, thinks Bristol's unique blend of industries, cultures and ideas has been intrinsic to their success. Bristol is quite unique in that it brings a rich engineering pedigree uh, as far back as the sort of early aerospace industry uh, and development here through to the sort of silicon development industry, uh, particularly large number of startups in that space in and around the Bristol area. But it also merges it with the sort of creative and media side. And I think that's a really unique mix that brings together communities that have led to uh, Bristol leading with some of the uh, VR World Congress um, and creative industries that link tech and media together sure i think alongside that as well the big sense of well the key word that everyone keeps dropping all the time about bristol collaboration mm -hmm. but also the reason i think that um we have the largest amount of meetups per capita in europe is because the kind of intrinsic infrastructure of that culture was here already it's just kind of the bristol way I completely agree it's one of those things it's self-reinforcing it brings more people which then in turn brings more of those meetups and collaboration and i think i hope to see that trend continue Bristol's already been named as a supercluster and one of the top 10 tech cities in Europe. So there's no doubt that Bristol is well and truly on the world map when it comes to exciting tech businesses. But in an ever-changing world, how does the region make sure it doesn't fall behind? And what needs to be done to make sure we're not only forging ahead, but also laying the groundwork for future generations of tech talent? It's no secret that there are some serious challenges facing the technology sector that Bristol isn't immune to. The World Economic Forum reckons that more than half of all employees will require significant reskilling by 2022. As technology advances and jobs change in this fourth industrial revolution, the skills gaps across all industries are set to grow. We're just not doing a good enough job yet of encouraging the next generation to get into tech. And just taking a technology course isn't enough. Here's Jason Hart again. Give you a real example. If they're going to university to do a degree in technology, a four-year degree, what they learn in the first two years will become irrelevant in the fourth year. So I, I think from a technology skill point of view, teaching and teaching and learning and learning at university, great, but actually hands-on real experience has more benefit. And that's exactly what Ultra Haptics are doing now too. A kind of positive feedback loop which connects them back to where their idea was first born. 
We always take interns um, programs here, so we enable people to, with certain specialities, to come and intern in particular teams. We also have done work for the University of Bristol, so some of our staff members have mentored there as well, and we've given talks back into the incubator space um, and indeed university events, encouraging other young entrepreneurs to to really walk the same journey that we have. But Gap Square founder Zara Nani thinks it's not just about training up new developers to design groundbreaking new technologies. It's having a holistic approach that gives people the skills to turn those designs into a business. I find the biggest skill gap is of those people who can understand both sides of the coin and actually help build a product, but also build a market at the same time. Training centres, training providers and universities have a big role to play in here and it would be good to see more of them take a closer look at what's happening in the market and actually move with us into the 21st century so that we can help people have the right skills where they understand tech, but they also understand where the need for that tech is and how people are going to use it. And then there's the uncomfortable truth about the gender gap within the tech sector. Oco Health founder Stephanie Campbell knows that the future lies in being better at giving women and young girls opportunity and changing the status quo in what is still a male-dominated industry. You know, I think there's a real risk here that we're going to be creating these technologies by generally one half of the population for both halves of the population. So it's really important that, you know, in areas that would have been seen as male dominated, that we encourage young women to to go for it. Uh, And also people like myself, you know, who'd firmly committed to one industry to educate themselves, you know, about AI uh, and make sure as well that, that, it, that it is ready for two halves of the population. That, for me, is something we need to really start concentrating on and, you know, really learning to work together in mixed teams. There's a big issue with VC funding at the moment that 90% of, um, for, for every pound that's spent, 90p goes to an all-male technology team. And so my team is mixed. Uh, and, and actually, I can't imagine it any other way. And that's really, really important going forward. So what can the world learn from Bristol? One word that kept cropping up time and time again during my conversations was collaboration. Maybe it's just to do with the size of the city, or maybe it's the sheer number of different sectors and skills here, all up for working together to complement each other. But I like to think it's also more deep-rooted, baked into the fabric of this area and the people here, keen to help each other succeed and keen to see Bristol succeed too. How do we make sure that continues into the future? Here's Zara Nanu again. I think just by continuing to be itself and not really bowing down and changing so it can become more like London or it can become more like San Francisco, Bristol has something of its own, like its own character, its own um, energy that helps power up those uh, startups that do uh, things to improve our world. And it needs to stick to its guns and continue to do that and then other places are actually going to want to be more like Bristol definitely I think it's already on its way to yeah. being there Bristol's very much been the dig our heels in the ground you're not going to tell us what to do yeah. all the way from the poverty and slavery riots till today um, when Danny and I were setting up VRWC VR World Congress in 2016 our main sponsor asking us why we were holding it in Bristol and not London so we stepped up to the challenge of making sure that our event really showed off Bristol yeah and then the next year, he was the one telling everyone else they needed to move to Bristol yeah. after just experiencing everybody that's yeah. here. Yeah. And I think that attitude that we had is just really because we are now Bristolian. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we're yeah. all like.
Thank you to everyone who contributed to this podcast. In particular, a huge thanks to Blackstar Solutions for making this episode possible. Our thanks also to Stephanie Campbell, Monica Radcliffe, Zara Nanu, Jason Hart, Rob Blenkinsop, and everybody at Ultra Haptics. If you'd like to find out more about any of the organisations we mentioned, just check out the episode notes. And finally, we'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast. It's free. Just tap subscribe in your podcast app. And if you enjoyed it, leave us a rating and review. There'll be more episodes coming soon, right up until the next big TEDx Bristol event on the 17th of November 2019 at Bristol Old Vic. You can find out more and apply for tickets at TEDxBristol.com. See you next time.